He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a rat. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 46 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Bobby Donnelly and this week I'm joined by Barry O'Hanron and Alan Donnelly. Hey guys. How's it going? Uh, we've no James with us this week. He got caught up a bit in work, but uh, we're hoping to have him back next week. So it'll be good to see how how his golf is going. Um, we've had quite a busy week, guys, this week on Twitter. Um, Mark Lees was good enough to be in contact. He had a bit of comment about last week's show, uh, which was quite an interesting bit of nugget, Barry. Yeah, I actually couldn't believe this. He uh, we were talking about holes in one, and he came on to us and told us that Seve never had a hole in one. Yeah. I'm guessing that's in tournament play. I'm sure he might have had some in practice, but uh, that's absolutely astonishing for how talented he was. Yeah, yeah, and as I said, I was mentioning last week that Kymer yeah. has only ever had one in, in his in, in his whole career on in tournament golf. So maybe if they had rough on the tee boxes, Seve would have had a, several holes in one. Yeah, yeah, actually, very good point. Um, yeah, so it's kind of uh, it was that's quite interesting. Like I, I, you would have thought that these guys would have them week in week out. And, uh, you know, I would have thought that he was quite a good iron player as well. Mm. Yeah, oh, that's interesting enough. I think it's like twelve and a half thousand to one. They say the odds of having a hole in one. So, um, yeah. I mean, especially when you think some total cappers have had off like twenty five handicaps have had hole in ones and stuff like that. That would be even more depressing for Sevy. There's one of those here in this team. I had a hole in one. I played, had that mind playing with you, Bob. Oh yeah, that's right. He yeah. The names. Oh god, I forgot all about that. Actually, yeah. Do you want to give a description there of the hole in one? Um, no, no, not really. <laughs> I want, I, I wanted to see Barry's version of the hole in one and uh, our version of the hole in one. Well, my version because I was playing with it. Well, it was literally it. a godlike seven iron <laughs> into the wind. It was into the sun. So I remember all, all I remember is I hit the ball. It felt good, and that was it. We didn't see the ball. We walked up. We were all looking around the green, didn't know where the ball was. And after a couple of minutes, you said, "Fuck this! I'm going to go line up my putt." And I said, "Bob, will you go check the hole there as you're walking by?" And well, you're as dry as the Sahara Desert. So you said, "The, the ball's in here." And I went, "Bob, will you get out of there? Like, there's no way." I'll give you the real version now, Alan. So basically, what happened was we couldn't really see the ball. He blocked it thirty yards right. <laughs> I don't know if you know the green and four and the fourth in Glen of the Downs. It all slopes heavily from right to left. So we assumed that it hit the hill on the right and bounced over and ran through the back. So we were searching through the back, couldn't see it. So as I said, we pretty much gave up on it. And then I found the hole in one. I was so close to picking the ball out of the hole and throwing it into the rough so he wouldn't find out. <laughs> I, you know, I, I actually think it slam dunked just straight in the hole. Didn't even, didn't even touch the edges. <laughs> I, was, I was only about to say before you said that, Bob, that I have absolutely no doubt that it hit a tree or hit something on its way into the hole. <laughs> Oh, well, the only thing is I do always hit balls up the right hand side of that hole because it is the way to play it it's but, a uh, smart play yeah, yeah it, was, it would make you sick so there you go backs up your point anyway so that's, yeah. uh, that was good even uh, the worst golfers in the world can have them yeah um, another actually interesting point is um, Anthony Ugoni got in contact with us uh, on uh, a good talk spoiled at gmail.com and I don't know if you guys saw this now on our camp but actually it was a really really nice email um, he just wanted to drop us a note of thanks. He said over the last month he's had a couple of eye operations and recoveries necessitated hours of sitting or lying down. Uh, his eyes are usually blurred or closed and the only entertainment that has been left through, uh, has been left to him has been through the years. And he said he came across our podcast and he said it, our podcast has turned some dark days and he said, and some of them literally dark, which made me laugh, um, turned them around for him and he'll always be grateful for that. He said things are progressing along now. And at the end of recovery is close, which allowed me to get back to my club and continue to look like the hack 24 handicapper I am. Um, he said, if any of you ever find yourselves in Melbourne, Australia, please let me know. I'd love the opportunity to show you my gratitude for hosting a round of the club, Rosanna Golf. And he signs off on PS. He said, tell Alan I've had a hole in one as well. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking about that last part. But I thought it was a nice email, wasn't it? All I can say is that um, he must be in a really dark place if Barry's if Barry's voice was a remedy for. 
was good for him to get in contact. It was like one of those screeching nurses. Yeah, that it was a really nice email to to receive, and uh, glad you're on the mend, Anthony. And um, we actually, I went and checked out uh, Rosanna Golf Club, and it looks like a beautiful little parkland course. Mm. Um, and one thing I thought was great, they have reciprocal arrangements with a load of different clubs around Australia and a couple in New Zealand. I think there's 22 courses they have reciprocal play with. Cool. 11 of those, when you go, to, when a member of Rosanna goes to that club, they pay zero green fees, which is a very cool thing. So it's, I think it's about getting bodies on the course and spending money in the clubhouse on food and well, get the money in. Well, we're going, we're, when we win the lotto, we're going to do our, um, our podcast review, our course review of Royal Melbourne, which is very close to that. So we'll tie the two of them in together and make a, make a bit of a podcast holiday. Part of our, yeah, podcast world tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that if we ever get down to Melbourne, Anthony, yeah. and, uh, send yeah. us, send us, uh, tell us a story about your hole in one. You can send it to at Donnelly Allen. <laughs> Um, but anyway, keep up the recovery, Anthony, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, look forward to hearing from you. Um, in other news, Barry, as well, we as people who are following us on Twitter, we've kind of forged a bit of a, a relationship with um, American Golf Dundrum, and we're going to have a few bits and pieces of them in the, in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, this is uh, this is really exciting. So um, I got talking to the pro in there, Gary Cullen. He's at Gar seventy five, and. Um, told him about the podcast and what we hope to do is can we get a bit of uh, equipment to test you know test out golf gear clubs and the like and, and in um, fairness we, I suppose we've had a bit of feedback from listeners in particular in the survey that we issued that people mm. wanted to hear a bit more about equipment so this ties into what some of our listeners are looking for which is great giving the people what they want yeah That's so um, an American golf uh, to be fair Gary and American golf the guys there are really excited about this as well and um, it's a way to kind of promote them as a company and their gear and their expertise and to help all the golfers out there and hopefully you know between us ourselves and themselves we can put out some really good content and guide people in the right way to getting the right gear for their game and yeah have holes in one so they can be better than alan <laughs> so um yeah over the next kind of well going from now on i'll be meeting with gary on thursday and we've um Nice little setup for next week going, and there's a competition as well, so definitely yeah. listen in uh, for the competition. There's a really sweet prize there as well on offer. Yeah, great stuff, and that'll be very interesting. And thanks, American Golf Dundrum, now for inviting us out. We'll, uh, we're really looking forward to next week and looking forward to working with you. Um, their Twitter handle, uh, Barry? Is at AG Dundrum. So give, so give them a follow anyway, um, and we're looking forward to having a bit of a, bit of a smash around the clubs and um, a bit of testing with them, so it should be a crack. Yeah. Um, just another bit of news that I wanted to that I caught, caught my eye this week. We talked about the um, Asia Pacific Amateur Championship a few weeks ago on Royal Melbourne, and one of the guys that caught my eye was a guy called Ryan Ruffles. He's 16 years old. Both his parents are professional tennis players, and he's 16. He started playing golf at the age of 11, and he's now 16. He's off plus five, and he finished fourth in that amateur championship. Uh, so he's a, he, when I was watching, they were actually talking about as a, a big talent. But Phil Mickelson has actually is reported that he rang him during the week to ask him that when he comes to college to join Arizona State University uh, because they want to they want to hire him onto the team because he's so talented. And he said they were talking for an hour. He said when they first rang, he thought it was a prank. He thought someone was just taking Mick. You know, he goes, oh, this is just one of the lads ringing me. You know, <laughs> but um, interestingly. You're not allowed to talk to prospective players. It's like tapping up like in the college basketball thing, wasn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yes. You're not allowed to talk to uh, uh, prospective players on behalf of the university unless you're on the staff. So it's not a surprise that in the same week, Mickelson has been named as interim assistant at Arizona State University. So it sounds like they realized that they fell foul of this rule and just hired Mickelson for about two days, you know. Phil's in charge of the pens yeah. in, in the cleaning closet. They couldn't, have spelled, they couldn't have spelled it out any better interim assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for the week. So, um, but no, this, this guy looks really, really talented, and be interested to see uh, see him play. So, um, so that's, that's something to look forward to. So that's what you need to do: get, get to plus five, and you got a call from Phil Mickelson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not far off now. We're just a bit to go, you know. Sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Staff Listen rounds up pretty much most of the news this week. Um, now, as we did mention that we're coming towards, um, or I don't know if I mentioned, we're coming towards the end of the season and we're probably going to end up our podcast um, 
probably the second December, just after they raced to Dubai. So we've decided um, ahead of that to wrap up the rules-related question uh, with a three-question bonus for the end of the end of the season. Um, at the moment, it's tied on twenty-two all between Barry and Alan. So we've decided we're going to end it this evening. And I asked him three questions earlier on today. And I have the three questions here. So this is really going to decide it. I can't remember what the... Um, this would be horrific. I think I was four or five ahead at one stage. Like, yeah. If I lose this tonight now, I... Well, the only thing... I will be devastated if I lose this after clawing my way back. <laughs> well, the only thing is, um, if you were to talk... If you put Barry and Golf together... I suppose the one word that probably would come together is choking, isn't it? So if Barry was to lose it, it would be to form. Yeah, yeah true yeah. to form. Yeah, it'll go on his it'll go on his headstone when he uh, when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listen, I'm going to run through the questions. I have both the guys' answers, and so I'm very confident with my answers as well. I must point out. I, I'm I'm uh, I've never been more confident of my rules related answers. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's bash on through. Um, I won't give anything away. So I'm going to start off. In Forsum's match play, a player whose turn it is to play plays first from the tee. Then his partner plays from the tee as though it is a four-ball event. What is the rule in question mark? A. There is no penalty. B. There is a one-stroke penalty and the partner's ball is in play. Or C. There is a loss of hole penalty. Now, both of you actually went C on this. So there's no change in the score. But as has been most of the season, both of you are incorrect. <laughs> the answer is B. There is a one-stroke penalty, and the partner's ball is in play. So um, the guy who took the four-ball tee shot, his ball is now the one that's in play? No. Or well, the guy who took the original foursome's tee shot? The partner's ball. So a player, uh, it's the partner's ball is in play, and there's a one-stroke penalty. So twenty-two-all score is very misleading because it sounds like we've got like we know what we're talking about. But well, I suppose there is fi- there is fifty-two weeks in a year. I suppose. Yeah, that's the sad thing. This is only episode forty-six. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing we went with this scoring system that it's not out of. Yes, yeah, so that's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good job, Alan. You know. Okay. <laughs> moving on. So yeah. So sorry, The comment on that is effectively the side has proceeded under stroke and distance. Um, so we covered stroke and distance a few weeks ago, and I've forgotten what that means already. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's br- brutally punishing. Anyway, okay. Um, so the second last question of the year: In match play, a player whose ball in a water hazard uh, is in a playable lie, but is directly behind a stone, which is broken away from the retaining wall in the hazard. The wall is an immovable obstruction, and the player removes the loose stone before the playing stroke. What is the ruling? So just to summarise, you're in the water, there's a wall in the water, and the stone has broken off the wall, and you, the player has removed the loose stone. So what is the ruling? It's a very so, common situation. A, player incurs a two-stroke penalty. B, there's no penalty. C, the player is disqualified. Alan and Barry have both gone for A here. So tense. And but the answer all down to one question. Surprise, surprise, the answer is B. There is no penalty. <laughs> oh for God's sake, what? The stone that has broken away is a movable obstruction and the player may remove it. Even C, though it's in the hazards. Yeah. Oh, C decision twenty four six in the rules explorer for anyone who wants checking it out. What sort of old pipe smoking, tweed wearing old fogies made these rules of golf? They're so illogical to us. I wanted to pick a few buttes in here for the last oh, one. God. So it's all down to one question after a year of torment. Yes, exactly. And you know what I'm gonna tell you both in advance is that one of you is right. Only is wrong in the last question. <laughs> so here we go. Final question of 2014. In wait, wait, do you want to put a bet on, Alan? No. Or a forfeit? Let's carry on. Let's, let's carry on. In stroke play, a competitor concedes his fellow competitor a short putt and knocks the ball away. The fellow competitor lifts his ball and plays from the next tee. What is the ruling question mark? A, the fellow competitor is disqualified. B, the fellow competitor is penalised two strokes. C, the competitor is penalised two strokes and the fellow competitor is disqualified. Barry has gone for C, the competitor is penalised two strokes and the fellow competitor is disqualified. Alan has gone for it, the fellow competitor is disqualified. Oh my god. And the winner of the rules... 
Rune's related question for 2014 is Alan. I don't believe it. The fellow competitor is disqualified, so the competitor who knocked the ball away doesn't receive a penalty. Um, yeah, the fellow competitor is disqualified for not completing play of the whole. See decision three two one in the rules explorer. So why does the guy who knocks the ball away not get a two shot penalty for hitting the wrong ball? <gasps> the rules, rules, it rules. From, from what? Really? Is that from Alan's rules website? <laughs> so that's the end of that. 23-22 to Alan, and you were four behind at one stage, only about five or six weeks oh gone. Oh, God. I know, in true, in true style, just came through like a train while Barry crawled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, next year we'll have to do something like bowling-related so I can actually have a chance of winning. Yeah, we'll actually have to come up with something next year. Anyway. We'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll do, do we do the rules-related question anyway. Okay, so... I'm going to clock off from the podcast now because that's, that's me done for the year. <laughs> that's, that's all, that's... That's all I wanted. I'm actually going to see that. We'll see that on CV next week. Um, well, I must say, anyway, out of 46 questions um, and 23-22, lads, is kind of similar form to what your top 200 form, which I'm about to move on to anyway. So, But uh, moving on, well done, Alan. Anyway, congratulations on your, your extensive rules knowledge over Barry. Thanks. Yeah, con- I, think, I feel I deserve it. Congratulations, oh. Alan. Um, <laughs> it's been a quiet enough week on the top 200. Um, we The leaderboard last week was Matt Ward, Martin Saccombe, James English, myself, and Shane McKiernan. Top five order hasn't changed, and there actually hasn't been too much movement. Matt, is, Matt Ward is still leading the, only, leading the only person under 200 with 199. Martin Saccombe, however, has narrowed the gap going into the last two weeks. Um, he went from 211 to 208, so he's picked up three ranking points. And he actually has Carlson in his team. you got to like his chances with Carlson playing the next two events. Like he will be, yeah. Yeah, he's playing. Oh, he's in the top 60 as well. Yeah, he's got two big weeks, but big points coming up. Yeah, and I actually heard, um, I mentioned the guys last week in William Hill. I heard them tipping up Robert Carlson today as well. Let's so. check Let's check his Twitter while you give the update and yeah. see, if, see how good he's feeling. So, um, it's probably time for me to start canvassing Mark Saccombe for a place on that four ball, is it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think this is... I, if I was Matt Ward, I'd be looking at maybe brokering that they take each other out onto the thing because uh, I, I think he might be doing a bit of a barry and losing in the last couple of weeks. Well, Robert Carlson's using pocket protein now as well, so he's definitely going to play well. So, um, anyway, yes, yeah, so a quick rundown on the top five. Matt Ward, 199. Martin Saccombe, 208. James English, a distant 229. He's got Ben Crane, so I don't even know if Ben Crane's playing because it's... Uh, the PGA Tour isn't really up. I have Camille Vajegas, who is only coming back, so there might be a small chance. That is Camille Crane is not playing, Vajegas no, is, yeah. Camille Vajegas is playing, so I have a small chance. And then Shane McKiernan is fifth, and he has both Carlson and Crane, so... Yeah, I think, I he's, think, I think, he's, I think anyone who's got Crane is goosed, because this yeah. is the... Last event, so, is it? I'll check. I'll check the yeah. PGA Tour calendar yeah. if there's an event next week. So that's really it. That's the uh, that's the update. Uh, best of luck to everyone. Um, we'll uh, we'll see how you go. How everyone goes. Um, oh, and I also got a, a con. A, someone contacted me to ask, well, how is Alan and Barry doing? And Alan is in 18th place, and Barry is in 25th place. So the the, the run of four continues for you, Alan. I don't care as long as I beat Barry at everything I do. <laughs> okay, well, listen, that's that's a couple of our competitions wrapped up, so let's move on, um, and we're going to have a look back on last week's tournament. Um, let's start off, Barry, with the Sanderson's Farm Championship, uh, which was on in Mississippi, is that correct? Not Massachusetts. Yeah, right? I'm on, I was on a run of two weeks in a row of absolute massive blunders, and uh, yeah. last week's was due to some poor Googling by myself. Yeah. I should um, have known there wasn't going to be a tournament in Massachusetts this time of year. Yeah, so we've got that we one slightly wrong. But Nick Taylor was the winner last week, um, and everyone everyone at the end of the podcast is crying, who? Um, it was a bit of a career-changing victory for him, but tell us who Nick Taylor is. So Nick Taylor uh, is new on the European on the PGA Tour. Uh, he got his PGA Tour card by shooting 63 in the final round of the Web.com season this year, only a few weeks ago. So that's some clutch, clutch Allen-like uh, finishing. <laughs> so he got himself on tour. Um, he's a former winner of the Canadian Amateur Championships back in 2007. So comes with a bit of pedigree. And he went out and putted his way to victory. I, I remember seeing at one stage on Sunday, he was halfway through his back nine, 
and he'd already hold 168 feet of putts at that stage on the Sunday alone. So um, he shot a crack in final round, 66, made an insignificant bogey on 18, and um, wins, wins his first tour event. Doesn't get into the Masters next year, but does get into the players and the PGA Championship. This is just a slightly lower PGA Tour ranking okay. event. Um, but he has his PGA Tour card for the next two years. He's in the top ten of the FedEx Cup standings, and he can set his schedule for the rest of the year. So uh, cool. very lucky guy, and won a bunch of money as well. Yeah, they get over a million, don't they now for every PGA? Yeah, like that's, that, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. There was one one really nice thing actually um, on the 18th tee. Like obviously he's a little bit nervous. He's a three shot leads. There was no trouble there, but. He smacked his drive right down the middle, and he was playing with Lucas Glover and David Toms. So I'd say it was kind of helping him play with two kind of calm veterans. But Lucas Glover just said, "Atta boy!" as soon as he smacked it down nice. the middle. So I thought it was really nice to see kind of the support of his fellow pros and yeah. sort of veteran, you know, giving encouragement to the young guy. So I think Lucas Glover had missed something like ten cuts in a row going into that tournament, and yeah. I didn't see where he finished, but he was third place going into the final round anyway. So he had he had a terrible Sunday at seventy six. So yeah. um, he finished just outside the top twenty, yeah. but uh, said. He's starting to feel a little better, and the commentators are going on about it. So I mean, it's one one bad round out of four. He can kind of hopefully he can just forget that and move on. Yeah, somebody, somebody else didn't play so hot over there from Ireland. Oh God, yeah, poor Carrington. He just breaks my heart. We were actually watching. We were keeping an eye on a score in the office on Friday afternoon. He's opened up seventy sixty nine was seventh place. Um, after the uh, after the first two rounds, and I know a lot of Irish people obviously were keeping an eye out, see because we're all we're all wishing him well. But over the weekend, he shot seventy six, seventy six, which included a nine on a par four, and he four putted from twenty two feet. So I was kind of getting hopeful after the first two rounds that he's back on track, but he uh, he he's just just doesn't have the ability really to put four rounds together at the moment. So he did say last week that he's putting better than he ever has been. <laughs> so you have to, if, if, if for nothing else, you have to admire his his, his uh, strength of character and stuff like that. He really does believe in himself. Yeah, I am. I, but do you, do you think he's? Is this just a bit of a false dawn, Alan, or do you think this you might take a bit of positivity out of the first two rounds? No, I, 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 I think it's false dawn. I just, I can't see him. I can't see how he's going to come back. Mm. Apparently, he's struggling with. He's hitting a lot of a lot of balls left, and I saw. I didn't see the golf now, but I saw him having that nine, and he pulled his drive into the water. I think. Okay. To start it off, I think so. I think he's struggling with the lefties, and his chipping is just a disaster at the moment. Apparently, and okay. I can't buy into this putting thing. So I, I, I think it's a false start. I think he's, he's, he's outside there. He's nearly four hundred in the world now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's about three five three. Something I think is like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, and I saw like this week he's playing in the Mayakoba and he's hundred to one in a pretty poor field. Yeah. Yeah, it's a well, it's it's a resort course this week. It's pretty easy uh, scoring, so hopefully you can just you know get a few birdies and not have any nines and just make a cut and yeah. try get four respectable rounds or rounds that you won't be. You know, thumping his head against the wall afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of uh, it's a bit heartbreaking. It's uh, sad for us to see him. Mean, he's such a hero of ours, yeah, you know. Yeah. So you just you just hate to see it. And a couple of good rounds there, so he can still he can still shoot the low numbers. It's about keeping the disasters off. The only thing is, I would totally contradict what I just said. I still think he could actually win a major at some stage in the next few years. Well, wow. I think he's the I think he's the kind of guy who could go out in a U.S. Open. That's a total dog of a course. And grind his way to a score. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'd say I'm probably totally wrong. I, I can't see him competing ever on a resort course where you actually need to go out and shoot four sixty fives. Yeah, but you could, you could see him. You could see him really grinding his way to four seventy twos to win the U.S. Open or something. Well, it wasn't it only um, was it only a couple of years when he contended in the U.S. Open, the one that the Webb Simpson won. He oh, had yeah. to he hit a wedge into the bunker and made bogey in the last to miss the playoff. I had so much money riding on that. I think if he won that, I won about. 2000 sterling or something and oh, I could have laid him off for about 500 when he was in the middle of the fairway and I just said no Harrington wedge in his hand oh, no problem God. and he broke my heart 
That was yeah, one shot. And he was, con- and I think he contended in the Masters as well that week. So, yeah. but then he's—I don't think he's been since. So there might be something to your point, Don. He might even just a bit of a flash, maybe one of the weeks. And again, a British Open. If you got a bit of a, but a bad weather British Open where it's absolutely disgusting weather, he—that he, could be the sort of thing that he might love. Uh, almost know? kind of like da- the way Darren Clark won his. You know, kind of yeah. forget about Harrington's previous three majors. It would—it would be. Totally out of you know those, those would be so far removed from you know it's almost like a different career or a different player if he came back and won another major now. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I see the logic in your point, Alan. I think it's a, I think it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The, only, the only problem is he needs to qualify for the U.S. Open or the what's the other one? He's in the PGA and the British, so he's not yeah. the Masters. Yeah, he needs to yeah he needs to qualify for those two, which is a problem. And U.S. Yeah. Open qualifying is a brute. It's very tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, poor Forrick. Anyway, the main event of the weekend was the WGC HSBC Champions in Shanghai, and this was an absolutely fantastic tournament. Uh, I I actually was up watching it, and I recorded a bit of it, and with four holes to go, Bubba was leading by a shot from Iwata, uh, who was the local Asian, uh, Asian player who was actually played fantastically, and... Iwata drove it into a bush on 15, had to take a drop, had to lay up short of the green, made it amazing up and down. Um, and Bubba parted it anyway, but he was a couple ahead, and he was playing 16, which is short par 4. Iwata actually drove it just over the back of the green, short par 4. Bubba laid it up, duffed his wedge, then he had to, the pin was tucked away, so he had to chip out pretty much sideways onto the green, and two putters. Then 17... That was a bogey then, yeah. That was a bogey, yeah. yeah. And then 17, uh, at the top of his backswing, uh, someone took a picture of him and he went mental at giving out to the photographer. And a train blasted his horn. It was a double whammy. Yeah, and I think he said that two cars drove by <laughs> through the week and blasted horns at the top of his backswing. But he knocked it through... Go on, he, probably had a bit of, he probably had a bit of water on, his, on the face of his arm. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. This is like absolute classic Bubba. He was totally melting down. And on... So 17, he hit wide after the photographer into the bunker. Didn't get out of the bunker. Nearly shot it over the back of the green with his next bunker shot. Well, his first bunker shot I thought was remarkable because it was a shank and a duff at the same time. It was like a shuff. It barely went three or four feet. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, he walked off double bogey with that. And I was like, God, he's thrown it away. Now, he absolutely smashed his drive down 18. And like, Keimer, GMAC, and Iwata couldn't reach 18. And he was only hitting an iron in. Again, totally blocked it. No horns are... um, no horns are our photographers to blame, yeah. Um, and sure, it was all gone. He was out of the competition because he was he was one behind all the lads and they were all playing the par five. Sure enough, 40 yards out, holds his bunker shot uh, and goes absolutely mental. So he went to minus 11 and GMAC, Keimer, Clark and Iwata, not obviously playing together, we're all coming up the last. Uh, Clark made his birdie playing with Bubba yeah. uh, to get to minus 11. And then amazingly, Keimer... GMAC and Iwata all coming in from 100 100 to 102 to 112 yards. Yeah. Now it was a tough back pin. Not one of them made birdie, which I thought was interesting. It was crazy. And Keimer, like, wasn't even close. He airmailed the green. Yeah. I mean, he, he hit that ball. I'd say that was a good eight yards further than he should have hit that. Yeah, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't ridiculously off. You know, I had it hopped four no. yards shorter than that. He, he was, he was going to spin back. He said, you know, he just caught it really hot, you know. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's still surprising that those guys with that club in their hand to, you know, it's, Three of them don't make a birdie. Yeah, I think this was... I actually think this was... Because with three holes to go with Bubba all over the place, there was five of them on minus ten. Mm. And it was brilliant stuff. And it's really... It's a course set up for a really dramatic finish. And I actually think that ahead of the USPGA, I think this is the best tournament I've watched this year. I thought it was that good. I wish, I wish I'd actually watched more because yeah. I, all, all the kind of reaction stuff on Twitter I'd seen, I saw was really great. The, yeah. the, the bits of the course, I, I saw about three or four hours of it all together. The, cor- the, the bits of the course I did see, it was fantastic. Lots mm. of drama, lots oh. of opportunities to score well. You played poorly, you got punished. Mm. And um, watching the highlight show, you know, there was enough drama in that alone. But yeah. I'd say watching it live, it was phenomenal to watch Bubba's uh, oscillations of emotions. I was um, I was on the absolute rampage all weekend, so I saw all of it. Did uh, what happened to G Mac? Did he just play poor? Uh, 
he led the first two rounds. I think he led the first three rounds. Yeah, the, the, I saw he had a 73 in the last round or something. Yeah, like he went at the weekend, I think he went 71, 73, Barry, you might correct me on that. I'll pull it up now. And, um, but he came out afterwards okay. and said that he is playing terrible at the moment. And he said he's really proud really? of the fact that he finished third. Um, he said, yeah, 71-73 he went to the weekend, which really isn't going to win anything for you. He said he putted quite well in the first couple of days, and he said his putter went very cold in him over the weekend. Um, he drove the ball particularly well in the first couple of days. I remember hearing Radar going on about that, and then he seemed he seemed to be very scrappy from what I saw of him well, he, the weekend. He, he said afterwards that he was really fighting his swing. So do you know the way he always looks like he's about to pull it 100 yards every time he hits a shot? Mm. And I saw him on the par 5 15th, pulled the arse off his drive into a bunker, hit an iron out, but left it still 100 yards coming in, and he duffed his wedge and left it about 15 yards short. Played played actually a very good bunker shot, but hit a poor putt. So I don't think he was quite at the race. And he, he actually came out and said that he actually played very poor over the four days. Um, now, that might be a bit like you, Alan, when you say, oh, I'm playing crap, I'm playing crap, I just shot one over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a definite Alan thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> not, not, the, not the shooting the one over. Or sorry, not the uh, playing crap. That happens all the time. The shooting the one over is very rare. <laughs> I actually don't think I've I've known Alan for you know a good few years now. I don't think I've ever heard Alan say I played well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. As he's going down nearly all time low handicap. But anyway, yeah. GMAC, um pretty good for not playing yeah, well, isn't it? Yeah, he said he was really happy with himself. I think he put it quite well day two, the two, the first two days, which got him into contention. Polter did pretty well with his new Titus clubs. Yeah, yeah, he's liking them, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he said he didn't put that well, but um, he seems to do well out in Asia as well, so it's a nice little combination of things going <laughs> from new clubs and playing yeah. out in China, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. just going back on Bubba as well, you have to you have to be impressed with Bubba the fact that he is so emotionally fragile and so unstable on a golf course, yet he's still the third best golfer in the world with two majors. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's he highest, highest rank. Um, Highest ranked American as well, obviously. Yeah, imagine he had the like the strength of mind of a Faldo or someone like that. Jesus Christ, <laughs> he'd win every major. But I think I think is that what makes him though? He's just such a mentaler, you know. I, I don't. I I think he'd be even better if he had like yeah. the, just the way he yeah. shapes the ball, the distance he hits it. I think he'd be even better if he actually could wasn't losing his rag all the time. Actually, quick, quick, quick quiz question for you. I heard this over the weekend. Three left-handers have won at WGC. Now, this is overly difficult. Who do you think they are? Oh, my God. Mike Weir. Yes, he's the one I thought you wouldn't get. Did he win? In a- Fail. Yeah, that's it. And Bubba. And obviously Bubba, yeah. Well done. Alan, Alan you beat Barry on that quiz question as well. That's just getting boring now. <laughs> well, I, I quit beforehand. Yeah. Anyway, this is saving great. Saving myself. We're moving on anyway. Um, one of the things that I watched over the last uh, week, actually, Sky Sports did a great piece on looking ahead to the PGA Tour in 2015. Now, from our own point of view on our podcast, uh, we're probably going to take a break over Christmas. I think we're going to finish up after the race to Dubai. So we'll do a wrap-up of the top 200 and we'll do a wrap-up then for the full season. We'll have a review show on the 2nd of December, mm. looking back over the full year. And then we're going to come back in the new year, kind of early to mid-January um, back then. And we'll start off the year having a look ahead to 2015, having a look ahead at the majors, a bit like we did last year, so who we think is going to win the majors, who we think the players are going to do well. But one thing that caught my eye, and I thought we might have a bit of a chat about it, is uh, Sky Sports did a piece on uh, what they were talking about as players to watch out for on the PGA Tour in 2015. So players that they think are going to have a really, really good season next year. And the three guys in the panel were Nick Doherty, Simon Holmes, and Rob Lee. So I just thought I'd run through these guys with you. Um, starting off, Nick Doherty mentioned three, uh, Chesson Hadley, Brooks Kepka, and Billy Horschel. Now, when he's looking at Cheston Hadley, obviously he was top rookie of the year last year. He thinks he's going to kick on from that. And he thinks Kepka's obviously going to do similar. He's going to have a really good year in the PGA Tour. He obviously mm. contended in the US Open this year. But he thinks Billy Horschel will go on and win a major and be a really, really kind of top 10 in the world uh, golf uh, golfer. I thought it was kind of an interesting selection of golfers. Yeah, I, I can complete. I completely agree with Hadley and uh, particularly Kepka as well. Kepka's proven himself the whole way through the Progression Challenge Tour, European Tour. And now he's over on the PGA Tour, so he, he's really just climbed step after step. Yeah. So I think yeah. I, I think he's got the. I think he's got a win in him this year. Um, 
I'm not so much. Horschel, that's a tough one for a major now. I was just going to ask Alan, do you think Billy will win a major? Billy Horschel. Next career or next year? Next year. Well, both actually. Uh, I don't think he'll win. I, I, no, I don't think he'll win one next year. But I think he's. I think he's well capable of winning one in his career. I think. I think he's a smasher player. Yeah. He's the show. He's up. He's top fifteen in the world already. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. I think he's thirteenth or something like that. Yeah. So he's. Uh, I would definitely think Horschel. And I actually, I like. I like the Kupka suggestion. Although I don't think Kupka's ever had a win yet. Um, but I know he was top. He was top five in the U.S. Open last year. Top yeah. twenty at the PGA. So he's. He's definitely have a good pedigree there. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Would, I don't know. I don't know much about Hadley there, but I, I, I like the other two. I, I definitely think Horschel will win a major at some stage in his career. I, I actually think he's kind of like in that same kind of bracket as Ricky Fowler, but I actually probably think I probably think he's a little bit better than Fowler. Yeah. Well, he's he's obviously won more. Fowler's only won one uh, one tournament, you know. So um, Kep- Kepka's had four wins in the Challenge Tour, but none on the European Tour. So, so now they to win. Uh, Challenge Tour wins are like pitch and putt wins; they don't count. Yeah, I mean, Alan probably has three or four of them and played poorly while doing it. Exactly. Okay, moving on. Simon Holmes gave a few here. Um, Justin Thomas. Hideki Matsuyama and Victor Dewison. Um, he thinks Dewison is going to make a serious challenge for majors this year. Uh, Matsuyama, he thinks, obviously, he's going to have a very good win in the PGA Tour, kind of winning kind of multiple PGA Tour wins. And Justin Thomas is this guy who he thinks he's going to be. He's going to be one of the new stars that comes in. And Justin Thomas uh, is actually he was one of these up and coming amateurs. He was semi finalist in the 2012 U.S. Amateurs. He won the award for top college player in 2012, and he helped Alabama win their first NCAA national championship. And he then went after um, having that that year on the amateur circuit. He went on to play in the Web.com, and he had a first, second, third, fourth, two fifths, and a sixth. And he was number one in the all round category of the stats. And Simon reckons that he might kick on a bit for for the year, so he's kind of one to keep an eye out for Barry. Uh, yeah, had a tied fourth last week as well in yeah. Sanderson Farms. So uh, yeah, nice looking player. What age is he? He is. I think he's twenty one. Is he? Uh, not exactly. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, twenty one. So um, he's kind of a, he's a guy that that um, Simon is reckoning to keep an eye out for. Matsuyama and Dubuisson. Do we think Dubuisson will challenge for a major? His back fixes, yeah, his back. He pulled out last week because his back was at him. It's yeah. interesting to see if he got developed any injuries. I, th- I think he's got a phenomenal game. And I think that if, if he's going to win a major, I think I, I would be thinking British Open for him on a kind of a small, one of the shorter courses, not ones that you'd need to, you know, yeah. McElroy destroy. I think he's got that kind of shot making that could get him around the links course. Is the voice on not very long off the tee? He is quite long. Yeah, he's, he's, he can. He can step on the power, but I think... I, yeah, I, would, I, I, I would actually nearly fancy Dubuisson for the Masters or something like that. Because he's, he's long, but he's pretty dynamite short game as well. Yeah. I would like him around there. Now, I don't know, I don't know how high his ball flight is, but, mm. um, which obviously the higher ball flight helps in Augusta. Yeah, yeah. But I, like, I, actually, I prefer Matsuyama for a major before Dubuisson. A US Open, maybe? Yeah, maybe something like that. He's like he's he, he had a he had a good win last year, and he had a lot of kind of top five, top tens. Mm. I think he's I think he's kind of and wasn't it the year before he was top twenty in all the majors? Was he? Yeah, um, mm. close to that. So I yeah, I think like, or PGA or something like that. I'd I'd be more with you on the PGA than the US Open. Yeah, um, he's he's got a quality golf swing and a brilliant game. Like he won at um, like Deerfield Village this year. Jack so Nicholas design. Do so you like his pause at the top? It's good. It sets everything. It gives him. It, look, you can do whatever you want at the top. Like it, it sets his tempo for his swing, and yeah. he's got it when he's swinging it well. He's got a great tempo. I mean, it might look a little unorthodox, but yeah. you know, so does Jim Furyk swing, and he's made tens yeah. of millions of dollars. Like, yeah, well, I suppose yeah. It, yeah. It, it sets his tempo, and he it is very deliberate and very repeatable. Yeah, I mean, but like when he when he comes down from the top into his finished position, it's a beautiful looking swing. Yeah. Uh, Rob Lee was the third panelist, and he picked out Tony Finnow, who we've talked about recently. He's a he's got he's a kind of guy who's been playing a lot of the satellite tours, 
and he's graduated to the web.com and he now it's just graduated to the PGA Tour and he's had a good start to the season. Uh, someone I know I know is close to your heart uh, is Ricky Fowler. Rob Lee reckons Ricky Fowler wins a major this year. Sounds like we're going to need to play about 15 majors with all these guys by the, the way the sounds of things. And then the <laughs> final one he reckons is Lee Westwood um, and I think Rob Lee's a big Lee Westwood fan but he reckons that now that Lee Westwood has gone back to Pete Cowan's team, and he's actually not working directly with Pete Cowan, but he reckons he'll have he'll definitely win on the PGA Tour and maybe might pick up a couple of victories. So, to you, Alan, Ricky Fowler, I know you you really fancied him. You called it. That was one of the, I think the only good forecast that we had as a team at the start of the year. You said Ricky Fowler was going to have a big year this year. Do you think he'll get the major next year? Uh, yeah, I, I, he just doesn't win enough, does he? It's no, no. He's only got one win on the PGA Tour, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, like, you contended very well in, in all four? Was he in? All four. Top, top five in all four. Top five in all four. So, like, the pedigree's there. So you, you think he has a chance, but he needs to, he needs to close something out. He needs to close a competition out or close something out before you could start thinking of him as mm. a major winner, maybe. I don't know. Mm. I've always but, but the, but the, Sorry, there's no doubt, though, since he went to Butch, his, it's revolutionized this game. Yeah. He's so much, he's so much more solid now. I think I've backed himself and Dustin Johnson for British Open every year over the last two or three years. But I think the two of them are very, very good in the wind. But yeah. obviously, I've just lost all my money. But anyway, well, I got my money back for Fowler this year. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, yeah, my, my prediction for Dustin Johnson to have a big year was kind of tanked. It was a big year of a different kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots, um, of, lots of big things going on in Justin's, Justin's world. Westwood, Westwood Barry? Westwood's actually the last few weeks have shown signs of mm. playing pretty well. Whether he's got anything mental game wise to, to go on and win the PGA Tour. He seems to win with reckless abandon out in Asia. Yeah. And the second <laughs> second second level Malaysia open events or Or what's the one coming up the thirty man field that comes up in December? Is it the Valentine's one, is it? No, the Nedbank. Nedbank. Oh yeah, in South Africa. He yeah, always yeah. wins that, yeah. So he'll win that anyway. That's because he's playing against twenty nine Allens and they're all yeah. more mentally fragile than Westwood is. Although Segwaying slightly, I think uh, Lowry is obviously trying to get into the top 50 in the world. He's 51st, and he's going to find out Thursday whether he gets in. And it's the top 10 people in the race to Dubai mm. that want to play. So obviously they'll ask McElroy, he'll go no, and they'll mm. move their way down. I think he's 14th in the race to Dubai at the he moment. He is 15th. 15th, yeah. So... I think it's easy, very easy world ranking points because there's only 30 of you and you finish 15th, you, you picked up a few world ranking points. So, uh, that's and you got to figure GMAC probably won't travel down there. Sergio, S- Stenson, Sergio will probably take the week off. Yeah. Levy might play. Yeah, I mean, any of the guys, like, you got to figure Donaldson, CM Levy, Bjorn, Mike, Bjorn is kind of battling in and out of injury, so he might not bother going down, although he does like South Africa. It's usually a reasonable field, though, in fairness. So, and yeah. obviously, the better the better the field, the more ranking points that yeah, will be available. Yeah. So that'll be a, that'll be. A, he has two weeks anyway: is the Turkey, uh, the Dubai, and then I think hopefully he get the Ned Bank and yeah. that can hopefully get him over the line. And you'd imagine in the next couple of weeks with two reasonable performances. He's like the seventeen of the world's top sixty in the field this week. So with two reasonable performances, Larry should hopefully creep into that top fifty. He only needed a top twenty last week. I think he finished thirty uh, mid uh, high thirties. Dreadful so. first round. But actually played quite well coming mm-hmm. in, you know, the final three rounds. So uh, just a kind of little aberration. Before we move on to look ahead to Turkey properly, um, is there any kind of guys that you lads think will are worth watching out for the PGA Tour for next year? Um, I yeah, well, one in particular, I think Peter Uline. He's kind of went mates with Brooks Kapka, and he's started to play as much as he can on the PGA Tour. I think he's got a great game. Yeah. Finished in the top ten last week, so you know, proving he can do it over in the states. Um, I think another couple that just quickly ri- ri- rip off a couple of names like David Lingmurth from Sweden, good game. And um, Patrick Cantlay was a stellar amateur. He's mm-hmm. coming back from injury this week. And Hudson Swafford, uh, only because he sounds like he should be a rower or a polo player. And I'd like <laughs> to see how he gets on. <laughs> he gets on playing golf. Um, I, you do have a bit of thing for Hudson Swafford, don't you? It's the name. Yeah. He is the current golf club of American golfers. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Alan, anyone that's catching your eye? Uh, I have two, just two guys, and they're not as original as Barry's. Um, first one is Mick Oilman. I think he had a very good year this year. Mm. Couple of wins, few top tens and top twenties. Um, and he's. I think he'll. I think he'll kick on again next year. Um, and then I have one more guy who's 
you might have heard of him. He's coming back from injury. Uh, his name's Tiger Woods. <laughs> nice. I, I was amazed. I, he's well. He's down to twenty three in the world rankings. But you know the way they do the world rankings, where you um, have its points over two years. Yeah. And I was looking at his points gained for last year. And McIlroy, to put it in perspective, McIlroy had five hundred and forty one points. Uh, Bubba Watson had three hundred and ninety. And Woods had six. <laughs> he gained six world ranking points Whoa. last year. He beat you by one, Al. Yeah, yeah. I, I might have beaten that. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I, 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 it's more, I suppose, I'm interested to see how he goes. It'd be interesting to see when he comes back from injury. I hope he comes back. I really do. Do you think he'll have a, do you think he'll be back being competitive? How, how? Uh, I think he will come back. He'll obviously come back and win again. He'll yeah. win like something, but whether he comes back and wins a major, I don't know. I'd love to see him win a major. About and, and how do we think he'll do in the Masters? Oh, not good. No, no, no. I don't think so. Joe, the thing I'm most excited about at the moment is uh, that he doesn't have a coach and that he's just going to go to his natural swing instead of some enforced body positions that this coach has designs on. Like, oh, I'm going to make Tiger Woods this, that, or the other. He's just going to go and swing at the golf ball and play golf and I think that's great because he is the most talented golfer we've ever seen yeah the only thing is I reckon Tiger will end up with a coach that between now and the Masters do you? yeah I, I think he needs a coach because I think he likes he likes someone to tell him what he needs to do I think he 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 likes working with a coach and actually bouncing off them with ideas about how he's playing and, mm-hmm. and actually debating about how to work with a swing I don't think I don't think I don't think he's the kind of guy who'll just sit in, the, in like he has an amazing house. Yeah. I don't think he'll just sit out the back garden just hitting iron after Chipping iron after iron yeah. and, and reviewing his own swing. Mm. I think he needs someone there. And you hear about Haney and Butch Harmon. They all talk about that he's really engages and not quite... He challenges the coach to really say, this is what I'm thinking. And he wants to get mm. debate back about his swing. So uh, I think, I think you right. might do a but, uh, Luke Donald on and go back to Butch. No chance. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually... It's a, it's a great shout, Alan. I'm really looking forward to having Tiger back yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully he's injury free. It'd be great to see him injury free for a year, so we get a, a good, a good idea yeah. on how he actually is playing, rather than the injuries coming in and that affecting the performance. Yeah, my selection now kind of seems kind of quite uh, small compared to your nice Tiger Woods selection. But someone who also has come back from injury, uh, Retief Goosen, is a guy who uh, I think is going to have a very good year next year. He had surgery on his back. He had a lot of back problems for years. And he had surgery at the end of 2012, and he's been working hard at his game. And last year, he, in 2014, uh, he finished the season with making 14 cuts in a row. Now, he didn't do anything amazing. He only had two top 10s, and he finished 103rd in the FedEx. But I, from a fantasy golf point of view, I had him in my team every, pretty much every week, and he was also very cheap and stuff like that. But he did very well, so I think... With a bit of work in South Africa over the summer or over our winter, I suppose, I think he's a guy who's going to come back and contend in the PGA Tour again. He's very much in the Harrington mold as well, Goosen, you know, kind of in that he's won a couple of majors. Hmm. And I think Goosen used to be an amazing putter. I remember when he won that US Open where he beat Mickelson. I can't remember where it was, but the greens were like ice. Mm. That was rolling in the putts all over the place, and I think he lost. His, I think he's lost the putting edge. Well, actually, that's a, uh, he was actually fifteenth for this. Is, now he's come back last season, and he was fifteenth uh, for the season uh, for strokes gain putting last season. So that's actually a very good point you're making. Is I think he had lost his putting over the while, and he got his putting touch back last year. So he was fifteenth in strokes gain putting, and he's only played one event this year, and he was sixth in strokes gain putting. So I think his putting has come back. Now, I ran through his stats, and that's his only key standout. So it's a very good point you make. that That's probably one of the strengths of his game, and I think that's coming back. So I think if he can keep that going into the new year, I think he'll have a very good year. So I think think he'd be kind of, well, for him to win on the tour would be the same as Chesson Hadley and Justin Thomas winning. I think it would be that remarkable achievement for him, because he's he's in his mid-40s anyway. It'd be a bit of a surprise, but... You could understand it happening because yeah, you know he's yeah. got the proven pedigree and talent. I have, a, I have a couple of quick ones I just want to mention for the European Tour for any yeah. of the fans of the European Tour. These guys both qualified from the Challenge Tour this year, and um, both having three wins on the Challenge Tour. So definitely they know how to get over the line um, against against the opposition. These guys, 
Benjamin Hebert, he's French, so definitely riding the French Revolution and golf at the moment, and a German guy called Moritz Lampert, who a lot of people are raving about, is a mm-hmm. very solid golfer, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, new, new qualifiers of the European Tour tend to struggle a bit, so um, yeah, see, see how they go on. I don't, I, I don't mind to, I don't want to belittle the players you pick. Picked here, Barry, but you've thrown so much shit at the wall here that one of these pieces has to stick <laughs> by the end of the year. <laughs> it's the only way of any chance of success, Alan. Like, we've all seen how my top 200 went this year. Like. I think so. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about top 200. If we do it next year, I think Goose might be my, my nomination. But, um, yeah, so, uh, well, listen, that, that kind of wraps up that bit. We just wanted to have a little bit of a look at it. I thought it was a very good piece by Sky Sports. Moving on, anyway, and we touched briefly on the Turkish Airlines Open. Um, this is the penultimate event on the race to Dubai, and it's quite a good field as well, Barry. In it that the Solid, yeah, uh, and this is a lot of the good guys are turning up for this one. Uh, nine members of the Ryder Cup, the European Ryder Cup team in the field, mm-hmm. so. Um it's 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 kind of a little bit of a formality in the the actual race to Dubai itself. And um, three guys can overtake McElroy, Donaldson, Garcia, and Seam, but they win to need to win this week and next week and have McElroy's results go yeah, their way. So, it's not um, but look, it's a um, it's gonna be a nice sunny golf course to watch. Uh, a lot of quality players going at it. Um, strong field. I think this is a really good week for betting because there's only seventy eight in the field and a lot of bookies will be paying five places. Mm. So half the field strength and you're only losing one of the places. Alan, were you, are you having a, any bets on this or are you having a look at anything? Uh, no, not really, no. I, I can't. I haven't, I, to be honest, I haven't looked at it yet. So, mm. you know, by having a quick look at it now, guys like Mark Foster down at 150 to 1. Yeah. Surely it has to be worth a place bet or something like that. But no, uh, nothing at the moment. I, the one person who I was going to bet on before I saw the odds was Jamie Donaldson. Um, because he was second here last year to Victor de Buisson and he has just come off a second of the weekend. Now, it was a bit of a backdoor second, in fairness. Um, and he was a guy that I was going to keep an eye on. But um, he's just, he was very short. I think he's 18 to 1, Barry, is he? Yeah, it's like the, the bookies can't seem to decide who's a favourite this week. I mean, I think there's about 20 or 25 players who are less than 50 to 1. Yeah. So well, that's uh, a reflective of the field size, as you mentioned. And Yeah, and serious quality. I might actually a little outside point on Raphael Jacqueline. Um, he's either hot or cold at the moment, but has had a course record on this course, I think, or mm. high course record. So... Uh, Finished fifth last year. Might come back with some good vibes and just yeah, yeah. He, he, like he'll, he'll either uh, he'll finish like Paddy last or else he'll do well. You know, he's very yeah, hit or miss. Yeah. Um, the PGA Tour event is on in Mayakoba, the OHL Classic at Mayakoba in El Camelion in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Um, Harris English is our defending champion here, and as Alan, you touched on it, Pork Harrington's playing this week as well. So just from our own parochial local view on it. Um, but this is just still a strong enough PGA Tour event, Barry. Yeah, it's a, it's got a it was kind of lower level PGA Tour status. It's now got full FedEx Cup points awarded to it. Um, it's kind of a resort course. These guys are going to be scoring very well this week. Lots of birdies. Yeah. Um, there's one cool hole actually at par five. I think it's the seventh. Has a sinkhole in the middle of it, so it kind of splits the fairway a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but- yeah. Would you call Robert Streb second favourite as a strong enough field? No, I think this is a very weak field for a PGA Tour event. Uh, <laughs> we're have to. Uh, it's, this is definitely a great chance for guys like Tony Finnow to, to go out and win a tournament. Yeah. Um, the Web.com Tour graduates are people who've got their tour card. Um, Tony Finnow is about thirty to one. It's a strong. To one. It's a strong field for all the top two hundred people who want to who are hoping yeah, for a bit of a late move. It's a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic field for those. Yeah, yeah, a win, a win, a win could change everything and break Maddie's yeah, heart. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. Well, listen, those are a couple of events, and they're both on a good times. So we we'll get a bit of golf during the day for European time, and the we'll get a we'll we'll get a bit of time then for uh, we we'll get a bit of Sunday night golf for again for European time. So. Those are uh, good events to look for. So that pretty much wraps us up for this week, guys. So it just leaves me to thank uh, thank you, Alan, for joining us on Skype again. Good, good to talk to you. Yeah, no problem. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us as well, Barry. Thanks, thanks, Rob. Uh, listen, we'll wrap it all up, and we'll talk to you all next week. So thanks for joining us. Bye, Barry. Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.